0: As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Welcome to Brothers in Arms, brought to you by Catholic Men for Jesus Christ, with your hosts, George Rose and Bill Maher. Stay tuned as George, Bill, and their guests discuss topics relevant to Catholic men living out their faith in today's challenging world. And now... Here are the hosts of Brothers in Arms, George Rose and Bill Maher.
1: Well, good evening, my brothers, as you drive home on this beautiful spring day in New Jersey uh, during uh, the week, the Easter octave. And I must correct the introduction there. We're not <laughs> with Bill Maher today. We're with the inimitable Gerard Jez Ford. Second string. No, 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 no. <laughs> utility player off the bench. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> the well, guy who can fill in anywhere. Is that a good thing, a utility player? Um, oh, yeah. Know, what do I know? Yeah, in Major League Baseball it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we don't have that in football. The in- importance of that position has grown immensely over the years.
2: Well, I'm, 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 I'm honored and humbled. Although, although every time I take Bill's place, I do feel intellectually superior to my, the normal jazz immediately. Yeah. I don't know what it is.
1: Because you feel like Bill? a little bit yeah 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 you yeah. got those uh those shoes on huh those yeah. billmore <laughs> those billmore brown brogues yeah <laughs> well let's pray for for bill and his family uh, there mm. was a little uh, covid outbreak that's why bill is not here today so uh, i think everybody's doing doing okay um but in an abundance of caution uh he uh did not come tonight uh because of uh because of that so yeah. we'll we'll lift them up in prayer absolutely so how is your Easter, Jez? Uh,
2: it, how is my Easter? How is your Easter? My right. Easter is phenomenal, actually, this year. I'm having a, I'm having a. Uh, um, uh, it sounds terrible, but maybe a, almost a, a more spiritualized Easter than 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 I normally have. Really, I, and that's yeah. saying a
1: lot for you.
2: Pro- possibly, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm doing Father Mike's um, Bible in a Year. Father Mike so, um, Schmitz, Father Mike Schmitz,
1: Bible in a Year,
2: Bible in a Year. Uh, you can still do it if, if nobody's heard about it. Just look up, look up, uh, Father Mike Schmitz, Bible in a Year, Ascension Press, or um, on any major streaming outlet. But I'm in the Word, so uh, the Word is alive, um, mm. and and so I'm, I feel very, very connected to. Resurrection and spirituality.
1: I, that's great, and actually, I started that as we spoke earlier yesterday. So you know, you could have started at January one when it first started, but you really can start at any time. Oh, it's timeless, Georgie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> thank goodness. But I think you told me you're on day ninety nine. Yep, day ninety nine.
2: Uh, just uh, well, no spoiler alerts. I don't want to upset anybody who's okay. not there no yet. Need, no need to. But uh, I can tell you this: it's it's all good news. All good news. Good,
1: good. You and they're good what they're on. and they're little podcast i guess right what are they about 20 or 30 minutes each day yeah, that generally you
2: through 20 minutes 25 minutes uh literally going through um the the text usually uh, a piece from they're using the great adventure timeline okay so the great adventure bible is yeah. that what
1: that is jeff cave is jeff, that the jeff, jeff cave's bible yeah. okay yeah,
2: it's awesome so you'd start in genesis maybe you'll take a little snippet from the psalms um a, a small piece from um uh one of the other early books, maybe Ruth, uh, just by way of an example, and you chug along, and then right at the end of each day, Father Mike gives a little blurb,
1: three minutes, four he's minutes. He's great, by the way. I could listen to him talk. Yeah, he's, he's one of those guys, you know. You can yeah. listen to him talk for hours.
2: And uh, and for the first couple of months, um, I, I'm I'm pretty sure, but certainly for the first month, he was the number one. Uh, best-selling podcast in the world I globally. saw that
1: yeah on Apple and Google Play Store yep. he, I mean number one not anymore not anymore but still up there I'm sure uh he's in the last week
2: he just dropped out of the top 10 for the first time he's about 20 now which is normal you know I think but a to lot be of people there for
1: three months I mean that's yeah. stunning number tells one the, in the world
2: tells you that people are uh are thirsty
1: yeah it sure does huh yeah that's Good. cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think you can get it on Stitcher. There's multiple ways. If you just do, fa- you know, do a Google on Father Mike Smith's Bible in a Year, you'll find the way to uh, yeah, listen to really it. Easy. Yeah, really easy. Highly recommend it, guys. Thanks, Jez. Yeah. Thanks, the, you know, helping to uplift the men, give them things to do, get during, it done during this get Easter her week. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you sounded American there. I was trying. You lost your <laughs> British accent for a second. My dad tells me I'm becoming mid-Atlantic. Can you say that again? Get her done. Get her done. Wow. Sounds like you're from <laughs> Alabama or something. <laughs> Irondale, Alabama. Um, so we always have our saint of the month. Uh, this You suggested this, Jez, when we were talking uh, yesterday um, about Father Sapochko. even though it's not his feast day uh, this month, but his, uh, uh, he's not actually a saint yet. He's a blessed, but uh, being that it is Divine Mercy Weekend, Uh, On and Divine Mercy Sunday is this upcoming Sunday uh, to talk about Father Michael Sapochko, and we did a few years ago. We spoke about him, but for those of you that don't know or or want a refresher course, uh, Father Michael Sapochko—he's a a Polish priest who was the uh, confessor and the spiritual advisor for Sister Faustina, uh, the Divine Mercy Saint—and he was born in 1888. He died in February 1975 on the feast day of St. Faustinus, another a Polish saint who was the patron saint of Sister Faustina. And, you know, most Catholics have probably heard of Sister Faustina and Divine Mercy Sunday, but a lot have never heard of uh, Father Sapochko. Um, so he was beatified on September twenty-eighth, two 2008, in Poland, and he had one miracle that's been verified. We don't know, I think, what that miracle was, but uh, waiting for the second miracle. And when I uh, was diagnosed with cancer about four years, a little over four years ago, I wrote a letter asking for people to pray for my healing to, the, through the intercession of uh, Father Sapochko so that uh, he could get his second miracle and become a saint so that I could be healed. So far, it's, you know, four-plus years. I'm still here, so— <laughs> you're healthier than a horse, Georgie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean,
2: that—that's probably the first time I heard about Father. Uh, and you say it. I, I always think of him as Father Sapochko, but I'm saying it wrong. Sapochko. Sapochko. Yes. Sapochko. Yes. Yeah. I'd never heard of him before, and uh, a couple of little snippets that, that I, I'd picked out, and, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. You're much more of an expert than I am. That it was it was um, Father Sapochko. Sh- that had asked um, um, Sister Faustina uh, then to write down all the uh, the revelations that became known as the diary. Yes. And, I don't know if you know this, a little uh, uh, tidbit, um, he was the one that posed for the painting. Did you ever hear that? I did not know that he was the one who posed. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. It might need to be verified, but uh, I picked that up along the way. Wow. He dressed and posed for the painting the way that uh, St. Faustina described the uh, the apparition that uh, she witnessed.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. I knew that he commissioned the uh, painter um, to paint the, you know, the the divine mercy image, but uh, I didn't know that he posed. So, but he, without Father Sapochko, there is no Sister Faustina. Well, there is a Sister Faustina, but she is not uh, the divine mercy saint known throughout the world.
2: Yeah, right. And
1: And the image is also not venerated throughout the world. And, it's interesting because when he first became the uh the confessor at the convent where she was a lot of the other nuns thought she was kind of crazy and mm. you no know, and a lot of, they didn't want much to do with her and he started hearing her confession and basically she she was com- you know telling him these conversations she's having with Jesus and these revelations and everything and uh he told her it, it's too much for me to digest in in a short confession why don't you start writing down these things and she did and it eventually it became the 600 page diary uh of sister faustina mm-hmm. um you know and, he just epitomizes
2: the wisdom of the church doesn't he as well because uh initially it's just to kind of slow it down let's mm-hmm. not just to test yeah i mean to test uh uh, uh sister faustina's uh, revelation and to be able to more easily discern it and that's what the church does in a wisdom with any kind of um uh, saintly connection, even even the whole process, and he's a blessed as you said. So uh, for him to become that saint, he has to go through a, his own sort of test, if you like.
1: Yeah, sure, and and you know I'm sure he's actually probably already a saint in heaven, right? Oh no I mean, doubt, yeah. But uh, but so that we can recognize him here on earth in a more formal way, uh, we pray for uh, we pray for that second miracle, um, however it comes, and uh, pray for us. Blessed Father, Michael Sopočko. Live, pray for us indeed. And we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back in two minutes. Two minutes.
0: 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen.
3: The Holy Spirit in relationship to our understanding of sin. Our blessed Lord said that the Holy Spirit would convict us of sin. When do we come to a real understanding of sin? Our Lord says here, through the Holy Spirit. No one really grasps the evil of sin if he thinks it is just the breaking of a law. That is why the crucifixion is the manifestation of sin. That is unbelief in its essence, the absolute refusal to have the love and the blessings of God. Now, the Holy Spirit reveals to us that sin is the refusal to accept that deliverance purchased by Christ. And nothing but the Spirit can convince us really of sin. How often, for example, our conscience can be smothered repeated evil actions. We rationalize our evil deeds. Public opinion sometimes even approves of sin.
0: The people you know and trust are on EWTN.
4: Bishop Robert Barron on the priesthood.
0: Adam is construed as a priest, Adam before the fall is in the stance of right relationship to God. And so he's seen as a priest in the Garden of Eden as a kind of primordial temple, right? A place of right praise. What happens in sin is we lose that priestly role. We stop being priests, we start worshiping ourselves and worshiping creaturely things. So Jesus now is seen as the new Adam. He's the fulfillment of law and Torah and temple and sacrifice, hence he's the high priest. And so we see the cross as a place not just of Roman execution, but it's a place where the supreme sacrifice has been performed. And so the priesthood in that sacrificial sense continues in the mystical body of Christ. So to the present day when I as a priest celebrate the sacrifice of the mass, I'm standing in that great tradition participating in the high priesthood of Jesus.
4: The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio.
1: Well, welcome back, my brothers, to Brothers in Arms on Domestic Church Media here in Ewing, New Jersey. And uh, I am here with my co-host today, not Bill Maher, who you're used to, but the inimitable, the indefatigable (laughs) Jez Ford.
2: Get her done. <laughs> Maybe Jethro. What do you think about that, Jethro, Jethro Ford? Ford. <laughs> I like that.
1: I've always said you're the uh, international man of mystery. So uh Jethro kind of takes away from that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. uh do, do you watch Beverly Hillbillies in oh, yeah. England? Yeah, yeah, that's
2: huge. I love that. Yeah. Is that
1: your image of Americans? Black before, gold. Uh,
2: <laughs> No, Starsky and Hutch. Starsky and Hutch was your image of Americans. <laughs> that, pretty much. Yeah, I, want, I wanted Starsky's blue suede adidas uh sneakers
1: that was a great show great show pulling up in the grand torino with the red the red and white grand torino yep yep
2: dukes of hazard that was another one
1: dukes of hazard yeah all right
2: shirley temple
1: (laughs) shirley temple oh no i'm going back a little bit yeah wow so yeah so you grew up in the 70s right jez yeah yeah yeah. okay so 70s so like it was like the brady bunch popular in england we didn't get the brady bunch No. no no Uh, How about the Partridge Family? Yes, love those guys. Yeah, yeah. that was a good show. Good music. Yeah, uh, I they were a big band. It. They had some number one hits and stuff. Too. Did they really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How about the Monkees?
2: Yeah, you must have loved the Monkees. The Monkees were great. I used to watch them on Saturday morning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just the wow came on before the Banana Splits <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Schoolhouse Rock.
2: No, no, I didn't have Schoolhouse no, Rock. Yeah, different have. education system. Yeah. 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 So it wasn't that different. Yeah. The, the main difference I have found uh, over the years has just been trying to understand the language.
1: <laughs> but really? I'm picking it up, yeah. Yeah, I think we have a harder time understanding do you, you <laughs> than you do us. Get her done. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody said that in in London some like get her done would would people know what that means? Nah, I don't now? think so. I mean, it's not What it, would be the equivalent phrase in
2: there is none. The King's English. There's none. There's nothing. Everything about that is grammatically in, uh, unsound. Get her done. There's do nothing
1: it. like just do it. Or well, that's you know. that's
2: a Nike thing, isn't it? Just do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and it's kind of
1: like the same thing in a way, right?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've been away. Like I said, my my pops calls me Mid Atlantic. I'm stuck between two. Two, uh, two nations. The man without a country. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, Yeah, I'm glad you brought me on to you know, yeah, pick good. me up. and I'll,
1: I'll, I'll, I'll leave here twice the man I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk, chat about the news a little bit. This is our news segment. So uh, I, I was actually looking through the uh, the register for some articles of interest, and and there was an article uh, yesterday uh, that Paul Kek... Hengor wrote, he's he's the author, he wrote uh, uh, The President and the Pope about uh, Pope John Paul II and Ronald right. Reagan. Great book. Mm. Um, but he wrote an article about, called When Politics Poisons Everything, Including Baseball. Uh, and it's just basically, it's a commentary on Major League Baseball moving the All-Star game out of Atlanta. Um, and Which is uh, really a bummer. You know, a lot of people are upset about that. Um, right. This is not a political show or a sports show, but Uh, But this was in the register and, you know, um, it seems like he writes basically that Major League Baseball um, probably the commissioner probably didn't actually read what the law is and is just taking some things that are out there in the news world uh, as fact, which um, are not really truth Mm. about what the law is in Georgia.
2: Well, just so again, this is baseball. Um, I'm not that familiar with it, but he pulled it out of Georgia because of the ID vote and then moved it to Colorado, moved it to yeah, which also has an ID vote.
1: Yeah, Colorado requires the same thing already. And actually what he writes about in article 2, I think they um the number of voting pre-voting days before the day of the election, Georgia has 17 according to this law and and Colorado is 15. Wow. So there's less days of voting in Colorado than there are in It doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Doesn't. And you know, he says that if, if you, if tickets are left for you at the will call window at a major league stadium, if you go to Yankee stadium and pick up your, uh, tickets, you have to show an ID. Yeah. They don't just give you oh. tickets cause you show up at the window and say, I'm so-and-so. Yeah. You got to, go to buy a bar, you want to drink, you, you need an ID. To buy beer, right? to do yeah. a multitude of things, get on an airplane, you know? So personally, I don't really understand that, you know, not having voter ID. It makes sense to me. But, yeah. um, anyway, a lot of people are upset about it. Um, and, uh. We'll see. We'll see how that affects uh, Major League Baseball's, you know, ratings for the All-Star game this year. Um, but we do have the Yankees tonight, thankfully. As you know, Jez, I am uh, – Oh, can't uh,
2: wait. Yeah. yeah. They're playing? The Raptors? Um, the Raptors.
1: <clears throat> the, Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> the Rays. The somewhat. Rays. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's actually a game starting in, in just a few minutes. That's crazy. Um, yeah, so down in Tampa. Tampa? Do you, uh, down in Tampa, Yep. Yeah. We're going to try to get her done tonight. Any any uh, any fans in? In, in Yankee Stadium, twenty percent, so about ten thousand fans. Florida, I'm sure, as many as you want. Right. There is no pandemic in Florida, from what I hear.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think the world is changing, right? We're, hopefully, uh, there's there's more hope than there was this time last year.
1: Oh, for sure, things have been opening up, right? Yeah, which is which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, another thing I wanted to chat about, Jez. Yeah, is. Bro. Um, the chosen, mm. so one of the things we like to do here is just put things out for men to go, you know, if they don't know about it yet, to go uh, find out about it and and help them, you know, their spiritual lives and and the chosen the um, crowd funded what would you call it the crowd funded uh, movie streaming series, I guess.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely jumping on a an alternative way of funding for. for maybe obvious reasons i don't think they're going to get a lot of funding from you know hollywood that's for sure no um, but this was uh, begun really almost as a as a um as a home brew if you like dallas jenkins i think is the director he is yes um, and he tells the story that it came at the back end of maybe the worst day of his life in uh, direct directorially speaking he had so, had
1: some failures as a director right i yeah. mean really kind of nothing but failures i think
2: Well, I think his last, yeah, I mean, not a huge amount of success, but his last big venture um, Mm. was dumped and he went home distraught, wondering what he was going to do with his life and just put a little um, thing on for his local church, Mm. a little nativity movie for Christmas. And as a result of that, he got picked up by a group called VidAngel. Mm. And they're a streaming um, service that takes out anything explicit language or visual from... um, uh, mainstream movies, um, and uh, and that got a lot of attraction, and mm. ended up birthing what we now know as the Chosen, which is is uh, trending everywhere. It's an amazing show.
1: It is, and and season two um, episode one of season two uh, was released on Sunday night. Easter Sunday, I yeah. believe it was at nine uh, o'clock. We watched it in my house. We had a couple. A friend came over. Uh, Desiree Spoto, who you know, and Rosalie Cadillac, friends of um, uh, mine and my wife's, and uh, we watched it. And it was, uh, it was fantastic.
2: You had a Chosen party.
1: Yeah, we did. We had a viewing party for yeah. the Chosen, a watch party for the Chosen. <laughs> it, is,
2: it is. And how? Do, well, for, for the listeners, how do, you, how, do you, uh, how do you watch it?
1: There's a lot of ways to watch it. I would just really, again, we watched on YouTube. They have a YouTube channel, and it's streamed on there. Mm. Um, so we have a Roku box. Which has a YouTube app, so we just turn on the YouTube app and and watch done on our TV through that. Mm. And there's a multitude of ways you can watch. They have a Facebook. I think it streams on their Facebook page as well. Yeah. Um. They also have uh, a website. Uh. And I think if you go to Angel Studios, as you said, angelstudios.com, yeah. dot com, you'll find it there. So, but it's the what a great episode though. It was one of the most moving episodes. Yet. And and just for those of you who don't know about it, last year was season one, mm. um, and it was eight episodes. And you can watch them, uh, anything, you can binge watch, binge watch them if you want. Yeah, And there's a, uh, an actor who's become somewhat well-known, Jonathan Rumi, yeah. uh, who plays he the plays role of Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, and it's somewhat of a, uh, um, <clears throat> there's, it's an interpretation of Jesus's life and, and there's, and the characters, the disciples, the apostles, other, you know, characters around like Nicodemus uh, and mm. uh, gives, uh, you know, a very, um, uh, what, how should I say it, uh, a unique portrayal of these characters that is takes some poetic license. It may not have happened exactly this way, but I think it's true to the, the meaning and the people yeah. uh, who they were. I think Dallas Jenkins,
2: when he was originally uh, asked about uh, the the main difference, he said, well, what you do in a movie like The Passion of the Christ or those of us that remember Jesus of Nazareth, King of Kings and various other blockbusters uh, has to be um, just squeezed into a two, three hour window, but with an idea like this. Which leaves
1: you wanting more. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And
2: and, and maybe losing some of the the human part of of Christ. Mm. You don't want to you don't want to make him too human, obviously. It's a tricky balance because of his uh, uh, double nature. But um, this way, that their idea is to get eight seasons so you can go all the way through Jesus' life and really develop all the characters. Um, and that's what they seem to be doing pretty successfully. And and people generally um, are just falling in love with these characters. A, a little different. It's a different type of Jesus maybe to the one in the Passion, certainly a different type of Matthew for those who, who haven't seen it? You'll, <laughs> yeah. you'll pick that up. Yeah, but,
1: Matthews kind of has like he's like has uh, Asperger's. I would say, yeah, right? maybe even a little
2: autism. But yep. but but it, it it's not but it, lost. But it works. It really does yeah. work. It's a great show. I think Scott Hahn is probably the biggest uh, name that's sort of fallen in love with the Jonathan Rumi version of Christ in the Chosen. Um, but it's a it's a mix. So uh, there are Catholics, there are Baptist evangelicals. Uh, Right across the board, Um, Mm. there's even a a a messianic Jew involved in the uh, in the advisory in an advisory capacity in the back staff. And for me, uh, a guy that that um, uh, really fell in love with Christian music many 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 years ago um, was influenced by a band called Jars of Clay, which is going Mm. back now. But great the guy, band, great Christian band. Yeah, well, um, Dan Hasseltine um, was the, the leader of that band. He mm-hmm. does all the music for The Chosen. Oh, he does? He does, oh, I did not yeah. know that. He's wow, that's a cool. Really faithful guys. So, wow, that's yeah.
1: great. Um, it's it's an amazing Why I would re- highly recommend, guys. I think uh, episode two for season two is coming out Tuesday night at 9 p.m., so it's not a regular release schedule. It's kind of like he 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 started out Sunday night, speaking for about 10 minutes or 10 to 15 minutes about, um, how they're, how the show is doing the goals, uh, behind it and, and how it's going to be released this year. And he said, basically we're editing as we speak. And Mm -hmm. once we're done the editing, we'll release it. So he said, episode two should be within the next week. He said, episode three might be more like a month. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they just want to get it as soon as they're done. Yeah.
2: Again, I think a lot of it's contingent on the crowdfunding aspect. So when you go on the apps, you'll see it's free but you have an option to uh, throw some money at it, maybe 10 bucks, allows three, three, three new viewers to view that show. So that's yeah. how it works.
1: Well, it is the the most successful crowdfunded media project of all time. So mm. season one, they raised $10 million. Uh, they had 75,000 people that contributed $10 million to make season one. Basically, each season takes $10 million. And then season two... They had 125,000 people uh, who contributed a total of $10 million. Average uh, contribution was $300 Mm. for season two. And it's amazing that—so for season three, they're already 12% funded. So that means they've raised $1.2 million so far. And they have a concept where they call uh, pay it forward. So you can watch it now, and they ask you to make a donation so that people— other people can watch season three. You're watching now. It's free, basically, yeah. Yeah. and it's funny hearing him explain that because during um, uh, season one, they were trying to figure out how to raise the money for season two. He said, "You know what? We, we, they were m- raising money, but it was was going a little bit slow." He said, "Let's just let's just make it free mm. and put it out there." And he said, based on God's impossible math, he said, all of a sudden, our fundraising went up three <laughs> to four times what it was before. So yeah. he said, "You make it free, and then we were raising more money." Wasn't that Mother Teresa's
2: line, uh, "God has lots of money"? Whenever she was asked, "How are we going to yeah. pay for this?" God has lots of money. Right, so right, yeah. He's definitely got. Uh, he's got that down.
1: Yeah, I think Mother Angelica uh, used to say that too. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's <laughs> so, who it. Was yeah. By all means, guys, um, watch, uh, watch the Chosen. Check it out. It's great. Get um, it done. Get her done. <laughs> <laughs> And we had a big weekend. We have a a big guest in the next uh, segment, um, and we got a big weekend. Of course, it's Divine Mercy Sunday weekend, Jez. And, uh, you know, we have the the National Shrine of Divine Mercy up in Stockbridge, Mass. They are not going to have a public mass this weekend, but uh, they will have streaming uh, services. So on Saturday, and if you go to the shrineofdivinemercy.org, you can find this, but there'll be a you know, a vigil mass at 4 o'clock um, on on Saturday. And then starting at noon, they're going to have the Divine Mercy Sunday uh, preview show. Then at 1.30, uh, mass in the celebration of Divine Mercy, uh, which would definitely be well worth watching, I think. I've I've watched it before. I've actually uh, went up there a few years ago to visit our, our next guest, Bob Digen, who spoke at our, our conference a few years ago. A lot of you guys might know him. Um, he lives up uh, near Stockbridge. So, um, Divine Mercy. We have a couple minutes before we we take our break and, and go to the next segment. But you and I were were chatting, Jez. This is uh, I guess this is now the would this be the twentieth anniversary of Divine Mercy Sunday this year? Uh, because it was started in in two thousand one, I think. Um, I don't Pope, know. Yeah, I
2: never even thought about that. it's yeah. just been such a part of the calendar liturgically and spiritually.
1: Well, he announced, remember, Sister Faustina became the saint, first saint of the new millennium in the year 2000, April 2000. Right. JP too, right? Yep. Yeah, and, um, and that was this, that Sunday. I guess, well, that was the canonization mass for her, the second Sunday of yeah. Easter. Yeah. And then he announced that from now on, this would be Divine Mercy Sunday. So the first Divine Mercy Sunday was 2001. We're now in 2021. So mm. in
2: 20 years. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. And actually, going back to what you were saying before about uh, Blessed uh, Sipojko, yes. um in many ways, we wouldn't have Divine Mercy as we know it without um, Carol Wojtyla and later John Paul II, right? Correct. Because uh, he released uh, the, uh, the, the diaries and, yep. and was the one, the, the pontiff that uh, canonized um, then Blessed Faustina to, to sainthood. Or without Bob Dygen without Bob Dying. and his yeah. wife
1: Maureen, yeah. right? It's amazing. Um, so, a couple of things to get ready for Divine Mercy Sunday, guys. I would say, um, uh, you, you know, you can get a an indulgence this weekend. And you know, one thing that we spoke about is um, that I forget about a lot. Right? We all think about oh, Divine Mercy. Um, God is merciful. Jesus talks about the ocean of of His Divine Mercy. That he's offering to us for the forgiveness of our sins, but Father uh, Seraphim Michalenko, who died uh, this past year, um, talks about. It. He said, "You know, going to confession is not the only way to prepare for divine mercy. Uh, we're not simply called to ask for God's mercy with trust. We are also called to be merciful, and our own mercy." He writes in his his he writes in his book, "The Divine Mercy Message and Devotion." That our own merciful attitude is likewise a preparation. Without deeds of mercy, our devotion would not be real. For Christ does not only reveal the mercy of God, but at the same time, he places before people the demand that they conduct themselves in life with love and mercy.
2: Mm. Straight so, from the Lord's Prayer as well, if you think about it. Yeah. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive, right? That's the
1: part I forget.
2: <laughs> I've noticed that. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> I think I've always been quite merciful towards you, Jez.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. No, I think that's that's uh, that's that's huge in all of these areas that we've got to um, uh, reflect Christ's love in the way we act and the way we uh, speak and, and to the people that we meet. And so, yeah. uh, the central to divine mercy. I'm sure Bob will talk about this in greater depth. Is is to become that image, if you like of mm. uh, of grace and mercy to the people that mm. uh, we come across in our daily lives mm.
1: well said well, uh, so make sure that you go to confession this weekend, uh receive the holy Eucharist and um, and practice acts of mercy, and there will be an indulgence uh, for for that so um, I guess that brings us to the end of this segment. We've gone from the Major League Baseball All-Star Game to uh, Divine Mercy Sunday. We've covered everything in between, and we'll take a break for two minutes and come back with Bob Dygan.
4: It started like it does for many people, question my faith and question authority. And I feel that the reason why I left was the, the draw of the world. The world was pulling me away. Some people would say, you know, Satan would, you know, Satan was working on me, he did not want me in church. He wanted me to be desperate. He wanted me to have uh, the thoughts of suicide. I started to realize that a lot of the things that I experienced in my life were a result of my rebellion against God and against authority. Coming back to the church is the first step in healing from all of the hurts of the world. I went from being desperate and in despair to finding hope and encouragement for for the future. I'm on God's team. I, I know who I belong to, and I know where I'm going, and there's nothing that can separate me from God's love.
3: Take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org
0: today. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica.
4: Everybody condemns the Church as judging. You can't judge something the Lord said was sinful. That's not a judgment. <laughs> That's a fact. If I say abortion is evil, that it's against the law of God, that's because God said so. And the church only says what the Lord has said. Premarital sex, fornication. Some people don't know what that. Somebody called me up not too long ago and said, where is there fornication in the Bible? That's premarital sex. You don't know what fornication is? Don't let the word confuse you, sweetheart. That's what it means. You can't do that. St. Paul says no fornicator gets into the kingdom. So if I know two people are goofing off and I love them, I'm obliged to say, look, this is wrong before God. You're in a state of mortal sin. And I say, oh, you're judging. Oh, get off of it. For goodness sakes, you're not judging. You're telling a truth.
0: The people you know and trust are on EWTN. You're
1: going to need the headphones, Jez. Nope. Well, welcome back to Brothers in Arms, My Brothers on Domestic Church Media here in Ewing, New Jersey. And we have... Uh, well, first, I'm here with my co-host, uh, once again, Jez Ford. Uh, who's Jethro. The Jethro Ford, we're going to call mm-hmm. him. And uh, he's taking the place of Bill Maher, who uh, we're praying for because his family's uh, dealing with the, with the virus. And we'd like to welcome our guest today, a uh, uh, good friend of our, our show and, and Catholic Man for Jesus Christ, Bob Dygan. How are you, Bob?
5: Fine, thank you.
1: Thanks for coming on the show today.
5: Thank you for having me. Really
1: appreciate it. Oh, this is great. You know, we we wanted to have you on the show, Bob, because uh, it's Divine Mercy Sunday this weekend, and you um, you and, and Maureen, your wife. Uh, I always call you the Miracle Couple um, because of the, the great things that happened to you, and and uh, you know, in, in in a lot of ways, we have you. You are a part of this this weekend, Divine Mercy Sunday. Uh, without your conviction and Uh, the journey that you took in 1981 to communist Poland, Um, we might still be waiting for Divine Mercy Sunday and for Sister Faustina to be canonized. Yes. (laughs) Bob is so (laughs) humble, he will not take any credit for it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Bob, I wanted to share, you know, we had you and Maureen, and and how is Maureen doing, by the way?
5: Uh, She's doing okay she's coming
1: along good good I know she's yeah
5: she had a rough year she, she, you know, you know yeah. life goes on,
1: yeah, yeah, well, she's got you at her side to to help take care of her you you guys are you're just such a the power of example as a married couple um the you know I think that um the 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 verse from Ephesians where uh it says you know that husbands you treat the treat the uh your bride. Your wife, like the church, as your own flesh. Uh, you you do that every day of your life, and uh, it's it's really powerful witness. And maybe you could share with us a little bit, Bob, because it. Jez and I we just spoke about Divine Mercy uh, Sunday up in you know in Stockbridge this year. There's not going to be a public mass. It's going to be um, uh, it's going to be streamed on on the website from the 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 shrine, and. We had you at the conference a few years ago, and and you spoke about the miracle that your wife and your son experienced, which later became the verified miracles for Sister Faustina's uh, beatification, the first miracle. How—you know, Maureen had Milroy's disease, right? She had uh, one leg, had been amputated when she was a teenager, and her second leg was— was inf- it was
5: also affected by the same incurable disease. Uh, li- 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 for the, uh we see this more often today now, mm. uh, primarily because of uh, post surgery for for cancer mm-hmm. and in other reasons. But the kind that Murray had is called Milroy's disease, which is <coughs> excuse me, which is an inherited disease mm. uh, that one receives uh, at birth. And it didn't manifest itself till she was a young teenager, about 14. But uh, you mentioned Miracle Couple. It actually, it was a miracle how we even met.
1: Um, <laughs> Isn't it um, always? <laughs> I was
5: playing the drums for the uh, drill team in the church hall, and they were practicing, and this contingency of uh, about four or five girls was way at the other end of the hall who just came in from the outside. And somehow I zeroed right in on Maureen, didn't know who in the world she was hmm. or where she came from. And I stopped drumming Of all things. I said to the kid next to me, I said, buddy, someday I'm going to marry that girl. He says, really? He says, I don't care who you're going to marry, but you know the drill instructor's is heading right for you. And I don't think he's a happy <laughs>
1: chappy. <laughs> That's a Little, great story. That is a great story. Little did he know. How old were you at the time, Bob?
5: Uh, I think I was about sixteen.
1: You were sixteen. She was fourteen. Wow. Yeah. Well, we won't ask how old you are now. But, um... <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it's an unlisted number. Yes. <laughs> but, boy, the things that have transpired since that uh, love at first sight moment, huh?
5: Yes, yeah, God has a plan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And
5: Sometimes we don't understand it. we kind of bucket, but uh, if you just be patient enough it'll all come to fruition at some point.
1: so Bob, you were you know after you and Maureen got married and, and you you stuck by her through um I know when she had her leg amputated as a teenager, she uh, tried to push you away, I think, uh, you were went into the marines and and um, came back a few years later and and, and you were not going anywhere. As, as hard as she tried, right, to to push that's you. Right.
5: And that's right. One of my qualities is being very <laughs> persistent. Um, actually, what happened is I used to come all the way up from uh, North Carolina, from Camp Lejeune on the weekends and uh, to see her, and she was for the most part in the hospital. Mm. But what happened was that there was this cute blonde nurse there who uh, – had an eye on me, and so she influenced Maureen to uh, set me free so that I'd be able to walk on the beach holding her hand and all that kind of thing. Really? And, uh, I, uh, I didn't know that. I wasn't aware of that. Wow. And I, I don't know why all of a sudden she just wanted to break it off.
1: Huh. So, oh, because she had but, uh, the nurse chirping in her ear that uh, that she should uh, with ulterior motives.
5: Right. Yeah, and and that, that I think would be a common... Emotional thing where uh, people feel uh, as though there may be a burden on somebody else, and and they they don't want help. But
1: that's um, that's true. God work out. Yeah. Well. Yeah. The 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 nurse didn't realize there was. um, She couldn't battle against the divine forces. She probably had no idea. (laughs) Um, Right. Right. And (laughs) yeah. And now you You and her got married more you and Warren got married. you had a son, little Bobby, who you talk about so often, so fondly um and little Bobby was born with was it spina bifida?
5: no, 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 oh, he was born uh brain damage He had a uh, um, a very rare uh, form of epilepsy called baltic myoclonic uh epilepsy.
1: Gotcha. And so Bobby was born, and, and, and he had this, this uh, rare form of epilepsy, and Maureen was battling uh, her second leg, was in danger of being amputated, right, because it had become hard. Yeah. I think that's kind of what happens with Milroy's disease. That it turns your limb very hard, like wood, like a tree, kind of?
5: Yes. Well, there's massive swelling, what mm-hmm. happens. See, we have lymph... Lymph nodes, lymph glands, and lymphatics. The lymphatics carries a lymph fluid. Uh, for example, uh, when your blood flows down through the veins, there would be a lymph. Uh, the the um, lymph fluid would would travel back up, something like that. And hers were, were was disease.
1: Right, and and uh, so it was kind of a precarious situation uh you know to have your second leg amputated i can't imagine the um uh, oh yeah uh, the stress that that both of you must have felt um with that possibility and and you were convicted really by the holy spirit that you needed to bring your wife and your son to um uh, to poland to krakow where sister faustina uh, uh where her tomb was um and yes how did you know I wanted to talk with you today, with, you know, for the man about your like your role as uh, you know as a father and as a husband in that, and and how it came about. How were you convicted that you needed to to do this? Well,
5: <clears throat> when we are baptized, we're baptized in the threefold mission of Christ: priest, prophet, and king. As a, as a priest of the house. We intercede for those whom we love. Uh, We implore God to to bless us in a special way and protect us and all. And then as uh, the prophetic word that we may receive, we we get hands on uh, to the family. And the kingly role is how we we govern the family. So with all that in mind... um, both my wife and son were constantly in and out of hospitals. Doctors visits, the whole nine yards. It, it was just a horrendous life. There was no social life. Mm. Uh, and things were getting worse and worse. And so one night, um, I did a lot of soul searching. And I was wondering, why were these two innocent people suffering so much? What was wrong. Perhaps that I was the the one causing all this, that somehow there was a sin that I wasn't forgiven or uh, whatever. And so in in that uh discouraging moment, I reached out to the bas- uh to the Bible, and I opened it and I pointed and I said, Lord, give me a word to direct me. And the word I pointed to was your sins are for, for forgiven. And so I thought to myself, well, if that's not the problem, then why is this happening? Well, mm. God has a plan. Mm. For example, we took our son uh, in Maureen to, to Lord's France uh, during the bicentennial of, of our country. And that was not the time or the place. In fact, our son came home in worse condition than when we brought him there. Mm. And you know this is very confusing. You want to you you're praying to God, hey, are you there? Are you listening? Mm. Hello, mm. you know. But we just have to be patient and wait. Mm. Uh, God has a plan to smooth things out. Mm. So uh, then, on, on that evening that I was in that mode of uh, frustration and all, suddenly my mind was illuminated to see that. Uh, what we were to do was to to bring uh, our family to the tomb of Saint Faustina, who received these revelations of Christ as the King of Mercy back in the 1930s. Both my wife and I don't know any Polish, and so here we going into a country that was under communism at the time. But the th- the uh, crux of the matter is, is that I believe that. We were to go there so that um, the message of divine mercy would be proclaimed and embraced throughout the whole church and world when Faustina would be recognized on the honors of the altar of the church. And by doing that, we would have to go to Poland, and there um, the Lord will bless us as uh, in gratitude for us making such a... Uh, a uh, trip.
1: And you felt you felt that you were convicted that that would that that was going to happen, Bob, when when you went. And this was in 1981, right, I believe, right? When you went there?
5: Yes, absolutely. Mm. It, it it's not wishful thinking, you know, uh or rather hopeful thinking. It was a matter of a factual um realization that something was going to happen. Mm. And it did. And, in fact, before we even left, uh, a priest had asked me one time, he says, oh, I hear you want to go, and you're looking for a cure in Poland. And he he, he asked me, he says, um, can you be honest with me? I said, sure. He says, okay, which one would you want healed, your wife or your son? I said, excuse me? You would ask that question? Yeah. Which one? I said, come on. He it was at nighttime, and I said, I said, look up and see all those stars up there. If God could do that, two healings are a piece of cake. (laughs) Wow. And uh, so he says, well, I want to see you when you come back. Well, unfortunately, I never saw him again, so he has to live by faith like the rest of us. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so Marvin was uh, miraculously cured from her lymphedema. um, And Bobby had a miraculous healing where for almost four and a half years, he was doing fabulous. He was off all his medication. And and the, the astounding point is that when we had them both tested, the neurologist asked, okay, which medication did you remove first? He was under four very heavy drugs. And and he said, how did you do it? Well, when he was six years of age, on his birthday, he had to be admitted into the hospital to regulate his uh, seizures that were way out of control. And in doing so, five and a half months later, he came home weighing 18 pounds mm. at age six, wow. with a tube in his stomach, and we were told him, told to enjoy him as long as he lasted. Mm. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm praying my brains out, and, um, and actually we were supposed to go on a weekend-style retreat that very weekend that Bobby was in the hospital so we had to cancel it obviously and uh you know the question was hey we're trying to come close to god and he pulled the rug out from under us mm. and this happens so anyhow while they were trying to regulate Bobby's uh medication and all he got worse and worse now with that in mind in the realm of neurology for someone to have a problem with seizures and they're on medication, it takes at least six months to very slowly wean the person off their medication. Mm. Now, here he was in the hospital. That didn't happen. Mm. So when we came back from Poland, we saw a change in him, but I believe that the medication was masking that change. And this I strongly, strongly emphasize people not to do, but to be under medical supervision. But we were divinely inspired, and that's a whole different ballgame I I can't get into, that that we absolutely knew there was something there. So we removed the the medication knowing full well what could have happened. Mm. We removed the cold turkey. Mm. It should have killed him. Literally should have killed him. Wow. So the doctor said, okay, I want to see that kid. I said, absolutely. That's why we called you." You know, and you removed and, um, it. Bobby, we have to be So, when they had him tested and they had his his head all wired up with all of the different wires for the uh, electroencephalogram, um, there was extremely violent activity. And the uh, nurse looked at us and says, "Did you give him his medication this morning?" I said, "No." Try a couple of weeks or a month ago. She said, "What?" So she got on the phone. And uh, she told the doctor, and the doctor said, okay, take a look at Bobby and tell me exactly what you see. If there's even a flutter in his eyelids, she said, he's very calm. He's looking and smiling at me. What should I do? And he's waving. So he said, hang up the phone and smile back and wave to him.
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> and this, but
1: Bob, this it removing What the medic-
5: I saw is what they call, what I call, divine control, hmm. that his brainwaves were showing excessive um, activity. Mm. And yet, there was no uh, external manifestation of that activity whatsoever. He gained weight, he gained height, and he even ran in the Special Olympics winning a gold and silver medal.
1: And, Bob, this was, you removed the medication, this was after the miracle in uh, Poland?
5: Right. We, right. we gotcha. were on our way okay. home from uh from from Rome. Mm. Uh, see, after we left Poland, we went to Rome, uh, because the priest who was with us, soul uh who was a vice postulator for the cause for Sina, and um, we had asked him to j- join us on this pilgrimage so as to be a witness of the miracles. And he said, you, you are that sure? I said, we'll see. Mm. Yes. And uh, so anyhow, uh, he went to get the first diaries of St. Faustina printed, that were printed in Rome. And uh, so on the way home, we were I was trying to figure out uh, when was the last time his medication was due and all that kind of stuff. And, and also bearing in mind that uh, the plane flight should have affected him in some shape or form, as it did um, when we were coming back from Louis, France, some years ago. Uh, we had a neurologist on the plane, and he went into a situation called status epilepticus, which means that he was continually seizing, mm. and uh, that was very dangerous. So here, we have no doctor with us, and just uh, total um, faith, and um, the rest is history.
1: It's amazing. What, what an amazing story. Mm. Um Thank I'm you. Astounded to hear it again, Jez. Hey,
2: been... hey, Bob. It's Jez. i um, i I could listen to you all day. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sitting in for Bill today. I actually did okay. meet you at Saint Raphael, Holy Angels, with George a number of years ago, and I was at the men's conference, um, right. a, a few years back. I, I, it's just an incredible story. One of the things that I'd like to just draw out uh, really quickly is, um, I think that the nature, the roller coaster nature. Of your journey as a family with the Lord is is self-evident in in in, uh, in the testimony and the things that uh, I've heard from you from you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, one of the things that I love, though, is the fact that you stay pretty level. Um, just kind of if there are attachments to your your story, it's certainly courage from all of you. Um, perseverance, I think, is huge. And your um, uh, clear sense of humor—I I absolutely <laughs> love that. You seem to smile all the way through. Uh, a number of years ago, you were asked um, what you what you would hope maybe to get out of this story, and and you've said to proclaim that that, that um, the goodness and the endless mercy of God uh, in the world and in people's lives. Obviously, yes. since I last saw you, the world has changed drastically. So how does that, oh, yeah. how, how are you living that out today, and how is that affecting you and the
5: family?
1: And, and, Bob, before you answer, we only have about a minute left, so you have to compress your answer. I'm sorry.
5: <laughs> no problem. Um, I'm trying to think of the question here.
1: <laughs> I, I guess it's just it,
2: it, the last time I saw you, we were all pre-COVID. Now everyone's in pandemic mode and so on, but you're still, you're still pushing this message of hope, this message of mercy, and this message of love.
5: Yes. Well, actually, that's the whole quicks cru- of the matter is that the good Lord allowed us to go through what we did as to be an example for others that, yes, despite all that is against us, that there is hope. And, and God's mercy is hope. Actually, uh, God's mercy is a central uh, component of all the major the uh, religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam.
1: It is. And Bob, you know what? Just hearing your story, it's so encouraging just for me and I'm sure for all the men uh, and women listening to the show that even against all odds, uh, seemingly impossible obstacles, that that ev- everything is possible with God. And you are the manifestation of that, you and your family. And I'm really sorry we have to go. We, we're going to have to have you back on again because there's other stuff we want to talk to you about too. So, so
2: good to hear from you, Bob. So good.
1: Yep, and
5: if, if I could quickly answer your question here, we don't, what's Bob, happening? I'm sorry, we don't, now have
1: we don't have time. Do
5: not be afraid because God is on His way, <laughs> and 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 we are responsible for a what? lot of this by abortion and and all that. <laughs>